Hello, welcome to Raw Japan episode 57. This is Brandon Chin broadcasting from Itoshima, Fukuoka. And today we're going to talk about focus in Japan.、Um, if you've heard of shokunin, you know that in Japan there are people of certain、uh, fields that focus on one craft or one line of work. And they spend years, decades, dedicating themselves to this, to mastering this craft, to be, create something that, you know, lasts throughout the years.、Uh, I mean, each shokunin probably has their own definition of success, whether that is、uh, gathering all of the past techniques and making something new, a new technique. That continues the tradition, or simply perfectly mimicking what has been passed down throughout the years.、Uh, take no theater, for example. They say that this、uh, form of theater is one of the longest continuing forms of theater without suffering any major changes in the way that the theater is performed. And、uh, I guess no theater enthusiast. I mean, I like, I like, I really like no theater, but I can't say I know all too much about it. I mean, especially considering that the dialogue itself like, is a lot of old Japanese and it gives、uh, really educated、uh, Japanese a run for their money because the language is so old and they sing it, right? So it's. Stretched out and stuff, but I think、um, the fact that no theater、uh, has continued as it has throughout the like centuries、uh, really gives people really gets people excited. But there are some people within the art that are interested in spicing it up and adding some type of avant garde side to it where. You can draw in more interest, especially from young people.、Um, you know, rejuvenate it without destroying the tradition. And I think that is、uh, also part of focus in Japan because not only are you, it doesn't mean you're single, singularly focused on one aspect of the craft or art or line of work or whatever you're doing, but You also like you're focusing on the outcome for the people that watch it. So, if adding a new element or performing one part of the art in a different way gets people more involved and engaged with the art and the, the spirit of no theater, for example, I think that is beneficial to the tradition. And、uh, you'll see in Japan that a lot of people, like if you're, whether you're making knives or if you're uh, making uh, kurumi gasuris, like this thread, dye, indigo dyed cotton, or、uh, you know, if you're making chopsticks, like、uh, you'll see a lot of people that are doing this for 30, 40, 50 years, majority of their lives, that they don't change. They just do what they've always done. And I think 
protecting tradition is important, but also acknowledging the new and trying to find a way to incorporate the new with the tradition is something that could be helpful uh, for people of this generation to ensure that the tradition continues without dying, you know? So focus, uh, I found that I've, since I've come to Japan, the first time I came was in 2011, and uh, I came with the image of, you know, masters in Japan. And I think part of that was, yeah, a healthy diet of uh, kung fu movies back in my childhood. And I just assumed Asia was uh, just full of people dedicating themselves wholly and fully to one skill or lifestyle. And uh, although I'm part Chinese, I didn't have a lot of exposure to Chinese to authentic Chinese culture back in the day but I did have exposure to authentic Japanese culture and I, I took karate for eight years uh, the sensei was from Okinawa initially from Kyushu but he grew up in Okinawa and um, uh, established his own style of karate and then took that to the US and first Delaware and then down to Jacksonville Florida and my parents, after signing me up for Taekwondo with, they call it like Mick, Mick uh, Karate or Mick Kung Fu because it's, it's so, it was so focused on money and not really teaching you anything worthwhile. It was this American guy that used the title of Taekwondo to sell bogus shit. And next door was this... Uh, very hidden away dojo that at first was exclusive like you had to be invited to join but my parents walked in and were like they saw they were seeing they walked in and saw the uh one of the classes and they could just tell that it was authentic and actually my sensei uh at the time i wasn't there but my parents tell me the story that they walked into the dojo um, after one day of just seeing me and my brother in the Taekwondo studio, they're like, this is just bullshit. And so they walk over to the to the hidden away dojo. It's like tucked away in the back off the side street uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. And they go in and the my sensei is older. He was like probably 50 at the time, in his 50s. And then his son, both of his sons taught with him. And one of them, I guess he was in his 30s at the time or maybe upper 20s, uh, heavily bearded and long hair. He came up and was like, no, you can't. This is, you can't be here. This is only for parents that have students here. And uh, yeah, this is like private. And uh, I think the sensei saw the enthusiasm and the curiosity in my parents and uh basically changed his policy to say no okay i'm interested in seeing seeing your kids uh participate in my class and kind of open the doors to to us and it was very strange for him because at that time it was a small dojo and like i said it was exclusive but uh yeah after eight years of studying under his wing i learned a lot about how the martial arts were not just for throwing fists and 
not even learning to defend yourself necessarily, but more about building inner character and how to be a good person. And uh, I learned a lot there. And with that example, I was able to see that, okay, at least in that slice of uh, my Japanese experience, I saw that, you know, there was a select group of people in Japan that really gave their entire lives to mastering. I mean, that's all they did, like mastering one thing. And uh, his wife run the ran the business basically, and he was like the he was the all like all I do is eat and inhale karate. And uh, going to Japan in 2011, I had that image of you know a lot of shokunin or people dedicating themselves to one craft or you know lifestyle. And uh, you know I was surprised at the fact that nah there's a lot of normal people just like everywhere else and they have their own problems like everywhere else and a lot of them lack focus in their lives like everywhere else so uh throughout four years of living here i've met people both that are really dedicated to doing one thing really well and then others that also do that but then incorporate new stuff new modern stuff into their craft and their skills and then people that just don't even know what's happening in their lives. And it's the same everywhere. It's the same. I guess it's just more uh, the differences in the cultures. is just how they do that, right? And in what, specifically what type of skills and crafts are, you know, uh, claim the majority. But it's, it's people, man. And... Um, all I can say is the environment in Japan, you won't, there's no embarrassment for being obsessed with one thing. Um, and I think the environment lends itself to supporting people that really want to go all in on something. Although some parts of Japanese society too, though, you know, are more practical. And if you are, like, for example, in the U.S., somebody that, I don't know, wants to collect uh, <laughs> scabs, wants to collect people's scabs, and wants to make scab puzzles. They want to make a business that sells scab puzzles. I think that type of thing could actually happen in the U.S., and people would be like, oh, I, that's weird, but okay. If you're if you make it, you make it. Whereas in Japan, I think people around you would be like, "What the hell's wrong with him?" Right? And you probably get people like that in the U.S., but also just support for trying something crazy. Whereas in Japan, you have to be kind of more what is going to make money, right? And a lot of I've seen interviews and videos of of other foreigners. Uh, interviewing shokuning and they talk about like oh man you must be so passionate about this this is your life and like some of them are just like nah this is how I make my money and uh, that's the reality for some people too is that they don't have the cho a choice in the matter of like, how they got involved in the thing and so they just they've been doing it for all their lives and that's what they do and so from the outside we might honor that as like wow so noble of you to try to keep this craft or art going on for the rest of 
the universe, but, uh, you know, some of them just got forced. Their mom and dad were just like, nah, you got to do this because we do it to make money and you're going to continue to do it because our name is in this thing. And if the shit fails, it's going to look bad for us. So I think, uh, sure, it's respectable and it's easy. I find it, I find, well, for me, I'm just, maybe it's just because I like Japan, but uh I find it quite easy to come here and focus on what I want to do, and that's write books and give people uh, an experience that, you know, changes their perspective on things. And one way I'm doing that now is through this guide experience here in Itoshima. Uh, if you're interested in that, you can go to brandonshin.net backslash change watch the video there and you can book a call with me to talk about how you can do that rather than just come here and hit up tours that put you on a bus and with the flag and okay next stop 15 minutes go 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 buy your souvenirs do that uh, nah come here slow down focus on something focus on your life back home and then take the wisdom you get here to go back home and change it uh, or you can read my books, which I also aim to give you. I write books to change my my own mind, right? That's why I include some type of societal problem that I'm interested in learning about. And then I combine that with some aspect of Japanese culture that I'm interested in at the moment. And also some of my own stuff that's going on. I'm Jamaican Chinese, so you're going to find some stuff about being black and being mixed and growing up in the U.S. and all of that hopefully it gives you a fresh look fresh take on things and if you want a book or books go to brandonshin.net backslash raw pop in your email address and you'll get uh, my regular newsletters usually daily so hope to see you on the next episode and let me know what you think about this podcast by leaving a review on itunes and whether it's one star or what just leave an honest review and say how you feel about the show so that other people can see and also I can learn about what you want and what you want to hear about. So leave a review on iTunes for me or go to one of those links and do the things. See you on the next episode. Oyasimilasai.